Chapter 21 Someone was up on the podium, doing an introduction. You know, ladies and gentlemen, I present to you a great man, a man of the people, but also a man of history. Two burly-looking guys in dark suits edged up behind the pillar on either side of the door. The room burst into applause, and one man stood up and headed down the table toward us, toward what he saw as a marble pillar. Which one is he? David whispered. The French Prime Minister, I said. I think. The French Prime Minister walked toward us, around the back of the pillar, and... walked straight on by, up to the podium. We looked at one another in confusion. He must be the one who is already a controller, David said. I nodded, but I wasn't too sure. Something was bothering me hovering just out of reach in my brain. I had that feeling before, that terrible feeling that I'd missed something. Unfortunately, like most premonitions, it was useless, because usually that kind of premonition turned out to be wrong. Still, I tried to focus, tried to figure out what was nagging at me. The French Prime Minister spoke for about ten minutes, and then went to sit down. Another introduction followed, and then the Russian Premier headed toward the podium. We tensed up again. He came closer. Closer. This time it had to happen. Eric the G had always had excellent sources of information. And Eric had said only one head of state was definitely a controller. The Russian premier walked past, and up onto the platform. He began talking, pausing every few seconds for the translator to translate his speech into English. That's when I knew. Oh man, I whispered. It's a trap. For a moment, I couldn't do anything. I couldn't think. I couldn't even breathe. I just stood there, reeling. Then, I realized I knew one thing, at least. Battle morphs, now! I hissed. No one asked why. No one hesitated. I demorphed to my own body. Without waiting, I began to grow orange and black striped fur. But before I morphed completely... I grabbed axes now and a light arm. A hologram inside a hologram. Is it possible? His eyes went wide in shock. Then, in anger, he didn't have to answer. I was halfway to Tiger when the Russian premier started laughing. He was standing at the podium just laughing, although he still seemed to be delivering his speech. He was looking out at the audience, speaking Russian. But now, from within the Russian premier, came the sound of laughter. Has the truth dawned on you yet? A familiar thought-speak voice said. Do you realize what has happened? Come, come! Surely you must know it now. Surely such brilliant fighters as yourselves must have figured it out. From the very middle of the Russian premiere, a hooved leg emerged. Then a pair of stock eyes. An arm. Visser Three stepped out of the Russian. Out of the hologram of the Russian. The Russian kept talking. The audience kept nodding appreciatively and interrupting with applause. But none of it was real. We were inside a hologram of a marble pillar. But the hologram of the marble pillar was inside a hologram showing a room full of people. A hologram showing a president who in reality was outside, wearing shorts, just as Cassie had seen him. Turn off the outer hologram, Visor 3 said. Instantly, the entire room full of people disappeared. All the heads of state, 
all the guests, all the food, all the sounds of laughter and applause and conversation. It all disappeared. Instead, we saw the banquet room itself, empty except for the rows of tables and chairs. That, plus a solid wall of hork warriors completely encircling us, each with a dracon beam leveled directly at us. Or at least at the marble pillar they could see. Now, Visor 3 said with exquisite enjoyment, now you may turn off the inner hologram. We knew that the marble pillar had disappeared. We were now exposed to the army of hork and not three feet away from Visor 3 himself. We stood there, a strange collection of animals, a tiger, a lion, a bear, a hawk, a wolf, a snake, and an andalite. We were a formidable force, but we were nothing compared to the small army that surrounded us. If one of us had so much as twitched, 30 or 40 dracon beams would have fired instantaneously, and a split second later, we would have been nothing but atoms. By the way, Visor 3 gloated, the real banquet is tomorrow night. Chapter 22 Trapped! We had a simple choice, surrender or die. Only, in reality, it was worse than that. Even if we surrendered, there was no guarantee we'd live. And at the very least, we'd be made into controllers. Let's get them, Rachel said. What do we have to lose? At least we can take a few of them down with us. No, we can't, Marco said flatly. We'll never even lay a paw on any of them. We won't get two feet before they fry us. Are we going to die? David wailed. Cassie nuzzled against him, comforting him, as much as a wolf could comfort a lion. Demorph, Visser Three ordered. Don't worry, I have no desire to kill you. After all, six Andalite host bodies? It would be a great accomplishment for me. All of my most trusted lieutenants could have morphing power. That, plus making hosts of the most powerful leaders of this planet? I'll be Visser 1 before the week is out. Ha ha! I'll be sitting on the Council of Thirteen within a year! I swear, the evil creep practically danced with glee. The urge to at least take a leap at him and maybe, just maybe, get my claws on him was so powerful I almost couldn't think straight. But at the same time, something was bothering me about what he'd said. About several things he'd said. Starting with the fact that he'd said there were six of us. He couldn't have overlooked a lion, a bear, a tiger, or a wolf. Certainly he didn't overlook Axe. I tried to glance sideways and see the others. I could make out Tobias sitting right out in the open where Visor 3 had to see him. Which left... Marco! You might just overlook a snake, especially if that snake was behind the stainless steel pool. Marco, can the Visor see you? Probably not, but about 9,000 hork can. Marco, are they looking at you? I mean, are any of them actually looking at you? Actually, no. I felt like my brain was working in slow motion. Visser 3 didn't see Marco. His hork didn't seem to be looking at Marco. And Visser 3 was still planning to go after the heads of state. All of which meant... What? 
I am growing impatient, Visitor 3 said. Demorph, do it now. If you refuse, I'll kill you one by one till you decide to comply. He raised a Dracon Beam weapon and pointed it. The tip of it traveled from one of us to the other. Tobias? Rachel? Me? Who dies first? Wait! David cried. Don't shoot me! I'll demorph! I don't care about this! Ah! Cassie clamped her jaw down around David's right hind leg. Sweet, gentle Cassie. David roared in rage and pain, a roar that made my skin vibrate and made Visser 3 jump. Instinctively, David jerked around, reaching for Cassie's head with his own fangs. But Cassie was too clever for that. David spun around, trailing Cassie like an extra tail, but he could not reach her. Stop it! Stop it or I'll shoot now! Visser 3 yelled. David! I yelled. Get a grip! Stop it! The hork just kept watching, Dracon beams raised as the weird fight of lion and wolf continued. And that's when it began to click. Even as I was yelling at David, the last puzzle piece fell into place. How the heck did he get all those hork in this place? I demanded suddenly. We could barely get a dragonfly in here. If I was right, was I right? Or was I just desperate? Rachel, explain to David that he needs to knock it off. I snapped. Rachel was on all fours. She half rose up to a sort of bear crouch. She reached out with her left paw and swung hard. She connected with David's snarling, snapping jaw. David staggered. Cassie released David and jumped back. Ha! Antilles fighting among themselves! Visitor 3 crowed. But as entertaining as it is, I order you to stop! She bit me! David yelled, outraged. I'm going to kill you first! Visitor 3 said to David. No, I'll demorph! See? I'm doing it! Shut up, you pathetic, gutless weasel! Rachel screamed. You won't have to wait for Visitor 3 to kill you! They're threatening me! David cried, running toward Visitor 3. And then I knew for sure. Visitor 3 turned his dragon beam on David. He hesitated. But more important, none of the hork even flinched. I'm on your side! David yelled. Bad choice, David. I said coldly. Axe? Yes, my prince. A hologram inside a hologram. That's what we had, right? Yes. The hologram of the marble pillar was inside the hologram of the banquet. Any reason, any technical reason, I mean, why it couldn't be a hologram inside a hologram inside a third hologram? A third hologram? Rachel said. Yeah, a hologram of a whole army of hork I said. A projection. A fake. I don't think they're really there. I think Visitor 3 is here. And maybe he's got a couple of human controllers with him. But that army of hork around us? I don't think this is a live show. I think we're watching a videotape. You sure? Cassie asked. Marco, you're out of Visitor 3's sight. Start moving toward the hork -Bajir. Attack them? 
All on my own? Jake, buddy, you better be right. Yeah, I'd better be. Chapter 23 I'm slithering, Marco said. I waited. If I was wrong, Marco would die first. But if I was wrong, we'd all be pretty close behind him. All except David, maybe. David was standing beside Visser 3. He was demorphing, but he was demorphing slowly. It would be impossible to tell that he was human. So far, in a few seconds... No! David was remorphing. He was getting more lion-like again. Um, Jake? Marco said. I just bit a hork on the leg. He tasted like air. I went right through him. Hologram, but no force field. It is a hologram! I yelled triumphantly. There are no hork Just us and the viscer. Well, well, well. Rachel said. I think I'd better just... No, I said. I'm faster than you are. I'll get him. But I'm closest, David said suddenly. David was standing just two feet from Visser 3. You want to kill someone, you filthy abomination? Destroy me first, Axe yelled suddenly. A distraction. Good old Axe. Visser 3 swung his dragon beam toward Axe, and David struck. A powerful swipe of his massive forepaw, and suddenly, Visser 3's legs buckled. He toppled forward. He landed, hard on his face and chest, but he kept his grip on his weapon. David was on him in a flush. The hork just kept watching. But through the hologram, out of the projected hork half a dozen human controllers leapt, guns drawn. David lunged at Visser's throat. I saw one bullet come out of the far side of David's shoulder leaving a red hole the size of a quarter, a pinprick to a lion. But David pulled back, and Visser 3 was already morphing. Don't use the human guns, you idiots! Visser 3 yelled. You want everyone in this complex to hear? Draw your drink on beans! My turn to get into the fight. I looked for the nearest human controller. I hit him as he was fumbling inside his jacket. I knocked him back into and through the holographic wall of still impassive hork Suddenly, we were outside the illusion. We were in the empty banquet room. I rolled off the human controller, got just enough distance, and nailed him across the face with my paw. He went down and stayed down. It wouldn't kill him, but getting hit by a tiger, even with claws retracted, was roughly like getting popped in the jaw by a cement block. The remaining guards were struggling to draw Dracon beams. David was all over Visser 3, but Visser 3 was getting more powerful by the second. I don't know what hideous alien beast he was morphing, but it was dark and large and had more arms than it should. I looked at the next controller I saw, but Rachel loomed up behind him and tapped him lightly on the head. A light tap from a grizzly was more than enough. The man dropped like a sack of potatoes. But two more controllers now had Dracon beams drawn and aimed. Cassie leapt. A dracon beam fired. Cassie howled and fell short of her target. A burn stripped her side, as if someone had placed a red-hot pipe against her. I could smell burned fur. The controller who had shot her ran up and pointed his dracon beam directly at her head. No! I yelled. 
Visser III had managed to push David away, but large and terrifying as the Visser had become, he suddenly discovered he had an Andalite tailblade pressed against his throat. Tell him not to fire, Ark said. If he pulls the trigger on that Dracon beam, I remove your head. Everything froze. No one moved. The only sound was panting. A standoff? Visser Three practically screamed. I won't accept that. I have you. I have you at last. You won't escape me. Ux pressed his tailblade against the dark, pockmarked lizard skin of the morphed Visser's throat till black blood began to seep out. Still, the Visser wasn't ready to give in. He'd gone into a lot of trouble to catch us. He'd taken a big risk. And you don't get to be a Visser of the Yurk Empire without being determined. Which of you is the human? He asked, his thought-speak voice suddenly silky and insinuating. Ux was the one to answer. Humans? He forced a laugh. You are losing your sense of reason, Visser. Humans do not morph. I know you found the blue box, Visser Three said coolly. I know a human boy named David found it, and I know you Andalite bandits have gotten to him. You either killed him or made him one of you, and killing him in cold blood wouldn't have suited the hypocritical Andalite sense of morality. He was demorphing, returning to his own stolen Andalite body. His stock eyes were re-emerging now, and he turned them to look from one of us to the other. One of you is the human child named David. It's to you that I'm speaking, David. David, your parents are with me. They miss you. They would like to see you again. David, don't say a. I started to say, but too late. You took my parents, David said. You turned them into into yurks. Yes, but we would not do that to you, David. I give you my word. You would be allowed to live free with your parents. Liar! Ox sneered. The word of Visser Three. What other choice do you have? Visser Three continued, ignoring Ox. We know what you look like. You'll never be able to go out in the world again, David. Never go to one of your human entertainments. Never silence," Ox said. "Are you afraid for the young human to hear the truth? You see, David, they can't allow you to learn the truth. The Andalites are a race of liars." One of the controllers touched the earpiece in his ear. "Visser, humans coming." "So, what will it be, David?" The visser asked. "Come with us now. We'll take you to your parents." Don't waste your time, Visser," Ux said. "Visser, humans coming fast. U.S. Secret Service. We're monitoring their communications. They are searching for the location of all the noises. They'll reach us in minutes." Visser Three hesitated. Still, I could see the frustration on his face. His main eyes were burning with rage. "Come over to us, David. Go to your old home. We'll watch for you there. Come over to us." We'll make you powerful, safe. Visser Three began to morph again. This time, emerging as Tony, the Protocol Chief. One of the controllers was already opening a briefcase with one of Tony's suits inside. 
Turn the inner hologram back on, Ox directed. Just wait till we are all inside it. We drew apart, two armies observing a truce. The Yorks back toward the door as Versa 3 continued to morph to human. We edged within the area that would be concealed by the hologram of the pillar. Ten minutes later, we were away from the resort. Shaken, filled with doubts, no closer to our goal of protecting the leaders of the free world, but alive. Hello, Phantomorphs, and thank you for listening to another episode of Audiomorphs, the Animorphs auditory experience. As always, this is your host, Daniel, and I got maybe my favorite email um, I've ever gotten. Not that the previous emails weren't good. I very much cherish and appreciate those as well. But uh, this email just rules. It's from Tank. First of all, you have a great name, and I love it. Um, but it reads, Love your work. Always a great listen to you every Friday in the tractor. Has been my new tradition since I smashed every episode. Keep it up. A little clip of me getting potato ground ready for planting attached. From the outback of Western Australia. My name is Tank. I believe the Andalites will come. Till then, we fight. And then Tank did, in fact, uh, attach a short video of him driving his tractor, and it was very cool. Um, all the way from uh, the outback of Western Australia. That's awesome. Thank you for writing in, Tank. I thoroughly enjoyed that. Um, <laughs> if you would like to give me as much joy as Tank's given me today, uh, in this moment, you can do that by writing in through Gmail like he did. Uh, that's audiomorphscast at gmail.com. You can do that uh, also on Tumblr, audiomorphscast.tumblr.com. You can do that through my website, theapodcalypse.com. That's the apodcalypse, like apocalypse, but with a D in the middle. And of course, you can reach me on Twitter, at audiomorphs. And that Twitter is what you should uh, keep an eye out on if there's you know ever a late episode or anything. I'll have the reason why things are weird uh, up there. And if you use Apple Podcasts, you can also leave me a rating and review. I will read that as well. And that will also probably bring me a lot of joy. Uh, especially if you have a really just cool name like Tank. I'm not being ironic with that. I love that your name is Tank. <laughs> that makes me so happy. I'm sorry. I don't know. It's just really tickling something in me. I've totally lost my train of thought. Was I talking about Apple Podcasts? If you don't have Apple Podcasts, I'm sure you have friends. Tell your friends about it. But only if they think, uh, if it seems like they'd be interested. You know, don't annoy your friends on my, on my sake. That's, uh, you know, I don't care that much. Um, all right, let's wrap it up and get on out of here. I think I've said everything I want to say. So thank you all for listening, uh, and I will see you all next week. My name is Daniel, and I believe one day the Andalites will come. Until then, we fight. <laughs>